You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. Here with us this morning. certainly good to be here with you this morning. We just want to thank you for the warm hospitality that's been shown to us over the last, uh, since last night. We just really enjoyed the fellowship with the uh, young people and with all the adults that came to make that uh, murder mystery happen last night. And we just uh, were pretty impressed with that hymnal that actually caused the uh, death um, of this mystery person, and we're thankful that it wasn't a reality, uh, but that uh, because we know that we're, we're thankful for the love that's shown here and the unif- unity that um, and the fellowship that we always enjoy here. I think the last time we were here, it was in the spring of 2014, so it's been a while f- since we've been here, and part of that is to blame on the on the uh, notorious COVID virus uh, that we had to cancel uh, one of our visits, but we certainly are thankful to be able to have met Pastor Mike and his uh, wife Hannah and uh, being able to get to know their family a little bit. And uh, our condolences to Hannah in the loss of your mother as well and um, your father and um, in that uh, that's sadness, but along with that, also the joy of having a new youngster joining your family. And so we certainly know how to pray for your family with these uh, new dynamics that are happening in your family. We also uh, really appreciated the warm hospitality that we had uh, experienced with Mark and Melanie last night and their family. And uh, they are wonderful hosts, and uh, we just appreciate the. Uh, the opportunity to get to know them. And then this afternoon, I think we're going to be eating lunch with uh, Joel and um, uh, Celeste. Is that right? Okay. And um, and their family. And so uh, we are thankful for that. Uh, as as was said, we've worked in Southeast Asia in Thailand for uh, for 23 years. And we first went there in 1996. I think your your church, Bethany Bible, started supporting us in about 1995 before we went. And uh, you've been faithfully be standing behind us. Actually, Bethany uh, Bible Church has supported my parents, my family, uh, my parents and family since about 1971. And uh, so that goes uh, beyond most of our hist- uh, most of you that are sitting here today, but we're thankful for just the long, uh, faithful support and prayers that have gone out for our family, for my parents, John and Faye Ruick, who are now uh, retired and living in Three Hills, Alberta, and they're preparing to move uh, this uh, summer, hoping to sell their house there in Three Hills and moving to Fort St. John to be with my uh, younger sister Tina and her family uh, up there in the northern part of British Columbia on the along near the Alaska Highway and um, they have a house there that where they can uh, move into and be on the same farm property there with them and uh, a, a healthy church situation there where they can get involved as much as they want 
but they wanted to uh, just express their their thankfulness for your standing behind them even now during their retirement and and praying for them they've certainly had their health challenges but they also uh, are doing really well now and uh, fairly well at this time and um, and just continue to desire to be a blessing and serve the Lord uh, in in whatever capacity uh, he has uh, for them um, we'd like to just do a brief conversation together in Thai and I asked Samuel if he would uh, first I need to introduce my family here again um, Becky my wife um, is here notice that we're all wearing a little bit of something Thai okay my wife Becky and then Timmy is in the middle uh, he's wearing a Thai shirt as well a Thai outfit and then Samuel uh, to the right he's wearing a farmer's outfit a farmer's shirt, I should say, and then and Sarah is also uh, here with us and wearing a tie dress, I think, right? Yeah. So, anyway, so we're thankful for that. Samuel, would you like to come and j- join me for a little conversation in Thai, just so you can hear? And Becky has graciously agreed to translate for us as we just have a very short introductory conversation of someone that was as if you're meeting along the street, meeting with somebody that you know, but you're just going to have a brief, very general conversation. Oh, Savadi Kap. Sabadi Makeup. Oh, Paine Makap. Oh, sorry, we need to translate here. Savadi Kap. Sabadi Makeup. วันนี้ไปไหนมาครับไปไปตลาดมาครับอ๋อไปซื้ออะไรบ้างไปซื้อทานทานอะไรไปซื้อทานอ๋อจะกินวันนี้หรือเปล่าจะไปกินที่บ้านหรือจะเอาไปอ่าทําอาหารขายอ๋อจะไปกินที่บ้านค่ะอ๋อโอเคขอให้มีความสุขนะครับสวัสดีครับ So if you notice the greeting is uh you put your hands together and you say สวัสดีครับ the men say สวัสดีครับ and uh, women would say sabatika. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. A lady would say sabatika, and a man would say sabatika. Okay, and that's just kind of a uh, what? What do you call that? A, a finishing uh, the the end of a. It's almost like a period at the end of a sentence, <laughs> but not really. No, it's just kind of the ending. Uh, but um, but the men would will uh, use a different ending to a sentence than the women, um, and it doesn't matter if I'm talking with a lady or not. I would still say sabati krap, and the lady would say to me sabati ka. Okay, Thai is a tonal language, as we talked about. Five different tones: the uh, rising tone and the um, the rising tone in the falling tone in the no <laughs> the falling ra ra <laughs> I'm getting confused 
<laughs> rising and falling. And then the high tone, mid tone, and low tone. Okay? So, and then there's also the vowels. They add some fun to it. The long vowels, the long vowels, and the short vowels. Okay? And so the word... Uh, so, some words, and those, uh, the tone and the vowels can change the meaning of the word. And uh, so you, uh, we talked about that this morning in Sunday school. I hope you were able to be here for that. If not, maybe some uh, somebody who's sitting next to you can repeat what we talked about and go over those <laughs> examples. Well, this morning I'd like to ask you to turn to Psalm 42 with me. The book of Psalm 42, we're actually going to look at Psalm 42 and verse and, uh, 43. This is a psalm that was written by the sons of Korah. And uh, 42 and 43 really belong together. Uh, uh, if you notice, Psalm 43 uh, was, doesn't have a heading as to who wrote it, and, and some of the early manuscripts um, put these two psalms together. And so we're going to look at this as, as one, uh, as together. Also, it's a, it's a song that the songs of, that the sons of Korah, actually probably one of them wrote. And, um, and there's three uh, choruses in the midst of it, three different verses that are the same, three verses that are same throughout which is kind of the chorus to this song. And so it really belongs, we'll look at it together, these two chapters. Um, so if we, uh, if we notice as we read, notice the, um, the fact that it is an individual lament. Uh, the Psalms have different, some praises, and the Psalms also contain some laments. And some of those laments are, Individual laments, and some of them are um, are, are uh, laments that are written for uh, for the congregation, and and so or more than one. There, and so here in this um, in this cha- these chapters here, the son of Korah that is writing this uses a lot of personal um, pronouns: uh, me, I. Um, uh, my okay, and so notice as we read read this, uh, all the me's and my's and eyes that are in here, but also um, perhaps some other words that he that he repeats, uh, some questions that he asks as well. Uh, let's read the first um, five verses, and we'll start with this first uh, section of of the Psalms. As, the, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When, sh- when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me uh, all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? 
Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Uh, here we, we have a, a, a lament that uh, one of the sons of Korah wrote, as we already said. And the sons of Korah were actually kind of like worship leaders in the temple. They were the ones who, who did the worshiping. Um, if I understand right, the, the, the sons of Korah were the one that act, ones that actually did the singing. They were like a, the choir that sang. And they created the, the worship atmosphere when they met to worship God together in the temple. The sons of Korah, if we uh, already suggest that they were the grand... Well, actually, they were the grandsons of Korah, uh, who, um, he, sorry, Korah, uh, Korah, if you look at the book of Numbers 26.11, he was, uh, God judged Korah and his leaders as they rebelled because they rebelled against Moses. And, um, and, and they ended up uh, dying because God uh, judged them and killed them for their rebellion against Moses and questioning his leadership. Um, if you look at uh, Numbers 26, 9, and 11, 9 through 11, I'll just read it briefly to you. It says that the sons of Eliab, Nemuel, Dathan, and Abiram, Abiram these, are the Dath- these are the Dathan and Abiram chosen uh, from the congregation who con- contended against Moses and Aaron in the company of Korah. When they contended against the Lord, and the and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah, when uh, when that company died, when the fire devoured two hundred fifty men, and they became a warning. But the sons of Korah did not die, and so the sons of Korah, the ones that didn't die, became the offspring of Korah. And um, uh, reading uh, Dr. Warren Wearsby's uh, commentary, he. He says, well, maybe they were so thankful that they survived, they became the worship leaders of God and, and were praising God, uh, had praise just for having been forgiven and for uh, being, not being part of that, uh, of God's um, judgment on them. Um, but um, here, here um, we, we have um, this son of Korah who was, uh, in a difficult situation, he was, um, uh, if, we, if we look at uh, the verses, verse 5, it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Um, it, we're, um, he was, uh, he, he was uh, expressing some, uh, some cha- challenges in his life, and he was asking himself some difficult questions. Um, we see him passing through three stages before he came to victory. The first one is longing for God. And if you see that in your outline in your bulletin, you'll see that we're going to touch on three different points here. Longing for God, remembering God, and then trusting in God. The, the stages that he went through as he processed his difficult situation. First, we're going to look at the fact that he had a longing for God. This um, writer um, here compares his longing to the, to the thirst that a deer has 
for, for flowing streams of water. Uh, uh, per, uh, the, he, he describes also that he was, uh, uh, has, had been taken captive into, uh, away from, from uh, Jerusalem. And so here, this uh, son of Korah, maybe he was alone, maybe he was with some other, with others, but he was being taken captive, and he was being taken away from Jerusalem, which was the central worship place where, where people would go to worship God in the temple. Um, and so uh, as he's writing this in verse uh, six, we see he describes the area of where he, where he perhaps was in the land of Jordan uh, and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. And um, so that is, uh, that area, Mount Hermon, is actually approximately a 150-mile drive today. If you wanted to go to that area and visit there, it seems like it's quite a touristy area there today. But uh, it's in a mountain range in Mount Hermon. Uh, and Mizar might have been uh, one of the lesser mountains in that mountain range. We aren't exactly sure where Mizar is. Um, but uh, but he describes himself being in that area, and uh, some commentators have uh, shed some light on that, saying that that's actually the direction that you would be going if they were taking captives back to Babylon. And so, they, it's not for certain sure what the setting is of the writing of this psalm and what the situation was that the psalmist was in, but that is a, a potential of why he was there in that mountain range when he wrote this. It's, um, he, um, the psalmist is far from home, we know that here, and he is therefore also feeling far from God. It's not that he didn't believe in God, and he didn't believe that God is everywhere, but he, was, but, uh, but he felt distant because he was used to worshiping in the temple. Um, he's praying to God. He, he is praying to God in these psalms, and so we know that he felt like he could talk with the Lord. But here he's describing the deer panting for f- streams of living water. Perhaps the author saw a picture of a deer, or could, uh, saw a deer uh, drinking water by a stream of water, by a stream, and and he was panting. He had maybe a deer had this deer had wandered off a little farther away than he should have, and he comes back to the stream, and he's just drawn to that water, and he drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks. And here the psalmist is saying, as a deer's uh, pants for flowing streams of water, so pants my soul for you, O God. He's his desire, his thirst for God is so deep. He, he has, it's a thirst that he's experiencing. The, um, uh, there was a quote here. Um, yeah, it, it, the Psalms talk about spiritual waters and, and the desire for water. In Psalm 84.2, the psalmist talks about longing 
for the living, for water like the, or longing for God like it is for, um, for longing. Um, my, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My, my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. The John 4, Jesus meets the lady, the woman at the well, and he offers her living water. The, the picture of water is often found in the scriptures where, where we, uh, our thirst for God is compared to thirst for water. Spurgeon says, one may go many days without food, but thirst shows even more urgent need, which is more than hungering. Hunger can be palatable, but, but thirst is awful, insatiable, clamorous, and deadly. Not merely for the temple or the ordinances, but for fellowship with God himself. None but spiritual men can, can sympathize with this thirst, this thirst that a man or a person can have for fellowship with God. Note that the essential life for, for the essentials for physical life are mentioned to describe this desire for fe, for fellowship with God. He is the in uh, uh, here in um, uh, verse two. What who is he thirsting for? Who is he desiring to have fellowship with? It's with the living God. This uh, man, this writer was with ungodly people that were taking them captive. They, if you look down, they were making fun of him. They were, um, they were asking him, where is your God in verse 3? And, and those things. And, and so he's uh, emphasizing to himself, I'm serving a living God. I, I, um, the thirst that I have uh, is for a living God. And uh, so then he goes on in verse 3 to describe his tears. My tears have been my food day and night. He is mourning. This, he is a desperate for fellowship with God. He, his tears are his food. When someone is mourning the loss of a spouse or a, or a loved one that has passed away, perhaps you can identify with those, your tears being uh, your food day and night. And uh, so he's somewhat in a, in a very much of a desperate situation. And he says, uh, in that misery that he's in, he says, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Making fun of him. That makes things even worse, doesn't it? When, when we're, when we're on, on top of our mourning and the discouragement that we're facing, we're not around people that are encouraging us, but they're actually causing more pain and inflicting more uh, pain and sorrow. Um, so these painful memories then come to mind to him in verse 4, where he's remembering leading a throng of worshipers then during, uh, during the going on a procession to the house of God, and he's remembering those happy times. And he's remembering those times when he was, when he was rejoicing and praising the Lord and, and, uh, sh- and uh, with the multitude, with different singers. And he's remembering those happy times, those times that, 
things were going well when he was worshiping God. And then in verse 5, we start with that chorus, and it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? He's asking himself the question, Why are you cast down? It's not because he's going to continue to lament and be feeling sorry for himself, but he's actually asking himself that question because he wants to encourage himself. And the next, in the, and we see that in the next uh, uh, words here, where it says, "Hope in God, and I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God." Um, if you have a if you have a King James version uh, Bible, it might the might oh my and my God might actually be starting ver, uh, ver, um, might not read the same way. But um, but it's still it's one thought here, and the salvation, uh, he, he the salvation where he's talking about my salvation and my God. We could be talking about God is his salvation. He knows that he's secure, and he knows God, and he knows he's in good standing with God, and um, he he's saved. But he it could also be in the context of. Say, um, if you're looking at it from an Asian or um, from that area of uh, context, it could be a saving him from his face, saving uh, the salvation of my face or the salvation of my countenance. Uh, countenance, sorry. And uh, so he's um, he he's he's being made fun of just. Here in the previous verse, he verses he's he has people who are making fun of him, who are um, challenging his beliefs, and and here he's saying, "God, where are you? You are my." And he's um, encouraging himself and saying, "You are my hope. Be my salvation. You are my salvation and my God. Don't allow me to lose face." For my beliefs and uh, Asian people are very face minded they don't want to lose face and uh, so that that could be context here of Lord you are fa- you have been faithful to me in the past I believe that you will be faithful to me in the future look at verse 7 with me deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls all your breakers and your waves have gone over me my by day the lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me a prayer to the god of my life i say to god my rock why have you forgotten me why have you why do you go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy as with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? And then back to the chorus again. Um, here we're, we see uh, the, next, uh, the next point, and that is um, remembering God, right? And uh, he is remembering God, and he's still very much... Um, uh, cast down he's feeling feeling the weight of his um of his uh problems 
and he's describing himself as being in a deep water. He's uh, maybe in this waterfall that he's fallen into, and he's finding himself underwater, and he's completely surrounded, and he's feeling overwhelmed by his circumstances. And I think probably some of us, most of us can identify with those circumstances that we feel completely overwhelmed by the things that are going on around us. And yet he reminds himself again in verse 8, Day by day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. Think of a singer, a person who finds a song, who finds music comforting. Perhaps you do too. I, I find music comforting sometimes, just quieting the heart to listen to music. And here he says, during the day the Lord commands his steadfast love. God shows me his steadfast love during the day so I can face the situations that I face during the day. And at nighttime he gives me a song. He gives me a song so that I can sleep and I can rest. And so then, then he goes on in verse 9 and he says, I say to God, my rock. He's been questioning God. Where are you? Who are you? Why, why are you allowing me to face these situations? But then he reminds himself I, that God is his rock. He calls God his salvation. He calls God, um, the, in verse uh, 2, my living God. And here God is his rock. A rock, a big rock does not move, Right? It doesn't matter what you do, what happens in your surrounding area. It's hard to move a big rock, isn't it? And God, God, he calls God his rock. Throughout the Psalms, we see God being referred to a rock or a castle or a, a firm foundation. And, uh, so he, he calls God his rock, but then he says, Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Uh, and he starts feeling sorry for himself again. He's asking himself these questions. Where is your God? I'm asking myself, where is your God? And, or while they say to me, where is your God? And so that brings questions into his mind. Where is my God? Why, what am I doing here? Why am I even maybe serving God? Where is he now? And then he asks himself in the chorus, verse 11 again, why are you cast down? O oh, my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? And then he reminds himself again, hope in God. And, and we can, we can uh, remind ourselves when we face those difficult situations that we, have, we can hope in God, and I shall, for I shall praise him. He's looking forward to the opportunity to be able to praise God, his salvation, my salvation and my God. Then in verse 43, uh, sorry, in chapter 43, verse 1, he goes on to talk about um, the, uh, the last point. And we've looked at longing for God. He started out with and then remembering God. And then now he's, he's uh, trusting in God. Um, he starts out with, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause. To vindicate means to provide a justification or defense. He's asking God to, to defend him. Stand up for me and defend me, protect me from, from these attacks that are happening, on, happening. And 
give me, that I would be able to go back and worship God in the temple in Jerusalem. Vindicate me, O God, and uh, against an ungodly people from, from the deceitful and unjust man deliver. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? So here again we find him, he's, he's begging God to justify him. Stand up for me, help, be my defense. Help these people see that I am that uh, that we you know uh, allow us to go free again, and and yet then and then he says, um, why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? He's asking him these honest questions. He's being honest with himself. It's not wrong for us to ask questions of God, to question God, to. To, um, to be searching our hearts and the heart of God as long as our heart is in the right place. And those questions are leading us back to our hope in God. And then he says, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Send out your light. Help, uh, help me see your purpose. And I think that can be our prayer too. Send forth your light and your truth. Help me see your purpose for this trial that I'm going through. And, and then let them lead me. Here I think he's uh, referring back to the light and the truth. Allow this light and this truth, the truth of your word that I know is true, let that lead me. That should be my guide in life. And uh, that I would be able to be continuing to walk in whatever the challenges are that God brings. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. I will praise you with a lyre. Oh, God, my God. A lyre is like a violin or a a stringed instrument. And and, um, here he's looking forward to the time when he will go back to the altar of God to Jerusalem and be joining in with the other sons of Korah and be able to sing in that worship team and be able to worship God corporately again there in the temple. But has he actually gone? Has his situation changed? No, he's still there in the, in the mountains of, um, of um, Hermon and, and his situation is still difficult. But he's encouraged himself that he is looking forward to God providing him with salvation. And so here, he's trusting God that, in, uh, that he's going to be able to um, cont- continue to, uh, to uh, that he will one day be able to worship God again. And he says again, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Do you know how song, some songs build? Some praise songs even build today where we start out quietly and then the final verse is just a a praise and worship of God. And I I wonder, I wonder if that's what's happened with this uh, praise, with this uh, psalm here, where the first first chorus is sung a little bit quieter because he's uh, hoping in God, but he's still... Uh, contemplating his situation. But then this last time, this last chorus, he is worshiping and praising God because he knows 
that his hope is in God, for I shall again praise you and my salvation, uh, my salvation and my God. And uh, he's, he's uh, just uh, giving God the glory for his situation. He was long, he's longing for God. He's thirsting for God. He, he wants that fellowship with God. He's remembering the good times, the times of worship that he had in the past. He's remembering that God is going to be faithful to him uh, in, in the future too because of, the, because of the past. And then trusting in God. He has confidence that God is going to work out the situation, his difficult situation, for God's honor and God's glory. Um, this morning we... We uh, sang, uh, we sang a, a, some some songs, and one of them was, "As a deer pants for the for the water, so my soul longs after you." I trust and I pray that your song, that your heart is longing for God, that you have a thirst for for fellowship with God. You have a thirst for His Word. And as you have a thirst for his word, God's going to work in your life. You know these challenges that you face, whether they're financial, whether they're family challenges that you have. I challenge you to look at these situations as an opportunity to trust God, to walk with him through them and allow him to trust him that he has a purpose for those challenges in your life and that he will work them out all for his honor and for his glory. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness and that we can have hope in you that you will see us through the challenges that we face, that you desire for each of us to serve you faithfully, whatever it is that you, you have given us in tasks to, uh, to serve you, to walk with you, that we would uh, be faithful in those things and that we, as we face those difficult times, that we would um, just uh, ask you to help us to learn from those situations and that we would uh, see them as opportunities to grow. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the fellowship that we've had. Thank you for the work that you're doing here at Bethany Bible Church through, through the ministry that Pastor Mike and, and Hannah have here as their uh, as pastor and the family pray that you would watch over them and you would protect them, that you would uh, just uh, strengthen them and uh, that you would encourage them in a special way. We thank you for each family, for each individual, for each uh, couple that's here and each young person and child. And we pray that you would be working in each of their lives. Thank you for the work that you're doing around the world in Thailand and Southeast Asia and the desire the things that you've brought that are difficult with all the covid virus things and yet and yet you are building your church your people are coming to know you and we thank you for the way that you are working in the hearts and lives of people around the world and we just trust you that you will continue that work in jesus name you've been listening to bethany radio a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.